The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. And welcome to another live Wrestling with Jonas, part of the Jonas Podcasting Network. This is episode 195. Can you believe it? We're motoring along to our magical 200 episode. Today, I've got another awesome guest, uh, Sassy Bear Clarence. So, uh, thank you for coming on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast. How are you doing today? I am doing absolutely fabulous, John. Thank you very much. No, you're very, very welcome. Now, I feel extra lucky to uh, to have the privilege of you on the podcast today because you had a very, very busy day yesterday. You were streaming on your Twitch channel for 12 hours solid. I know. Uh, so I'm surprised you're not having an extra long lay-in. Uh, <laughs> but uh, tell us about the Twitch stream um, and, and what were you up to for 12 hours then? Well, it was a mixture of different things for 12 hours. So it was basically just different varieties of like different games and different platforms, plus a little bit of a let's watch in the middle where we basically just watch through like a couple of episodes on a program just to basically keep the stream sort of like different and unique. But honestly, been going through that, like basically just ended with like Crash Bandicoot 3 for the PlayStation 1. So that's always a good way to just end it all out. But nah, for like 12 hours, it was a lot of fun. A new challenge for me, yes, but a lot of fun regardless. <laughs> Absolutely. Is it something you'd want to do again? Uh, I wouldn't do the 12 hours that often, but I'm usually regularly streaming on Twitch like three days a week anyway. But for 12 hours, maybe somewhere down the line, but not very often. That's awesome. And I know we're going to do all the big social plugs at the very end, uh, Clarence, but uh, because we're talking about your your Twitch channel, throughout the uh, your Twitch channel, your, your plug now for your, your Twitch uh, channel then, Sassy Bear. Yeah, absolutely right. So if you ever want to catch me on my Twitch streams, uh, basically just go and look for Sassy Bear Clarence. You'll find me there, no bother. So that's Sassy Bear Clarence on Twitch. You'll find me there. I play a variety of different games and we're doing all sorts of stuff on there. So feel free to pop in have a follow, subscribe and enjoy. There we go. And we want to encourage anybody that's watching this live across Facebook, YouTube, or the Wrestling with Jonas Twitch channel to join in on the conversation. If you've got a question for Sassy Bear Clarence, get in touch with us and we'll do our very best to answer your questions while we're live on air. Um, but uh, Sassy Bear, you're, you, you, we spoke a little bit off air about your return to the ring. Every UK wrestler's had a very long layoff since March or uh, possibly April of last year. So we're good 15 or 16 months. Uh, but, but when is your return? to the ring because i know that you've got a very big show for doa on the 7th of august but you've got another show before that haven't you uh funny enough yes so the first show i'll be returning on will be for falling star wrestling uh july 24th and that's at westlin at the westlin sports and community center so if you ever want to get down there if you're in the norfolk area westlin area just catch the sassy bear there i'm there as well and that'll be followed by a show for Kapow Wrestling on ah. July 31st in Southampton. So I'll definitely be down there. Catch me down there if you're down in the Southampton area. Get down there. And as you mentioned, August 7th, DOA, Beach Ball Mania. That's in the Drill House in Great Yarmouth. Do not want to miss that 100% lovely. Yeah. It's going to be a cracker. 
DOA's Beach Party Invitational Battle Rule that you're going to be a part of. One of the first, if not the first, to be uh, to, to be um, an entrant for that Battle Royal. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. The names that are going to be part of that is absolutely kind of stacked. Um, but you must be looking forward to performing again for DOA in front of fans. Uh, what we like? Are we likely to see a, a sassy new champion? Because it's for um, the, the Pandemonium Championship, isn't it? That Battle Royal. Yes, you are 100% correct. It'll be the first crowning of the DOA Pandemonium champion on that very match in that very day. And yes, the Sassy Bear is planning to walk into that match and come out as the first champion of the Pandemonium Championship. I'll be looking forward to wearing that belt as proudly as I can for all my lovelies. 100%. you got the full backing and support of the Wrestling with Jonas podcast for sure. But let's talk a bit more about the, the Sassy Bear Clarence persona then because uh, you, you come out for all of your matches to a careless whisper by George Michael uh, for all of your matches. You've got the furry boots. Uh, you've got the Sassy Bear makeup just like you're uh, uh, showing us today. Uh, you've, you've got the all-important boa as well. Uh, your entrance alone, Sassy Bear, is absolutely fantastic. But but, uh, um, you know, it's been said from time to time that you know, your gimmick or a person's gimmick is an extension of their own personality. How much of that is true in your case? And tell us a bit more about the Sassy Bear gimmick and pers uh, persona then. Well, so with the Sassy Bear uh, gimmick in particular, it's really just been this kind of like gimmick that's kind of like been used to like help me get more confident in myself as well as being able to not have really a, a worry in anything like i basically just go out there i'm pretty much there to just help inspire a lot of people especially like men of my size within like the lgbt community to help inspire them and that's the size of a gimmick it's really just like you know a guy that's wanting to like express himself like show the real him to the world and that's really what the sassy Bear, uh, clarence gimmick is is you know from what you see at the from first appearance is yeah there's the makeup there's the boa and there's the furry boots there's the whole package there from the visual standpoint but there's a lot more to clarence than just a pretty face because he is quite a powerful beast in of itself and he could be quick when he really wants to be 100%. We're going to be getting into all of your, your move set and uh, a bit more about your, your influences a bit later. But but an extension of your kind of gimmick are the fans as well, aren't they? You're such a huge fan favourite. Like I say, as soon as that music hits, they know who's coming out. Uh, you've got the kind of the flamboyant, colourful entrance um, and you interact with the fans brilliantly. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to interact with fans for a good year or so. But uh, uh, tell us about your, your kind of relationship with the fans and how they are so much a part of your persona when you get out there um, to an audience? Like, I'm always happy to interact with all my lovelies out there at ring. Honestly, it gives me just this new life of energy, this rush of adrenaline. Every time I go out there and I hear them, you know, cheering my name and really, like, popping for me and whatnot, it's it's such a rush feeling. It, it's hard to describe. It's really just one of those things like you have to be there to really, like, understand the experience every time I come out through that curtain yeah yeah 100 percent. but uh, uh i mentioned influences a bit later on i mean there's so many similarities uh with yourself and other wrestlers from over the years um but uh, your, your character and your wrestling style are there any individuals who may have influenced you or your wrestling career so far you know in, in particular the, the sassy bear persona uh, there is actually uh two big influences that i had for myself as a wrestler as well as the sassy bear persona so 
as a wrestler in general, like my biggest inspiration has been Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Ah, okay. So he's basically been that sort of like inspiration of being like this big, strong guy who could be quick, but he could also be quite powerful. And there's just so much about him that I just gravitate to as like a wrestler. And for the sassy bear Clarence gimmick, biggest inspiration is exotic Adrian street. And a lot of it is just, he has this, he's able to like show like, you know, the flamboyance to begin with, but then when the going gets tough, he just clicks to us. Uh, well, he changes to a, like a higher gear to yeah. then go out and really like show them that, you know, he could be a pretty face, but mess with him and he'll well, batter you for lack yeah. of a better word. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm huge fans of both wrestlers, Dr. Death, um, uh, including, I think he's very, very underrated. And like I say, um, his, Hands down. Absolutely. His, his career was uh, amazing in Japan what he did for oh, All absolutely. Japan Pro Wrestling yeah. and in WCW. We won't mention the WWF stuff because it really isn't worth mentioning. Uh, but uh, an amazing <laughs> career. And if any of my listeners or viewers um, haven't heard of Dr. Death Steve Williams, please check YouTube, check the WWE Network, um, and you'll be uh, astonished with uh, how great that man was. Um, definitely a, a Hall of Famer in all aspects. But um, Adrian Street as well. Uh, and, and WWE released a, a documentary on Adrian Street going yes. back a year, a year ago. Uh, fantastic story, especially with his, his coal miner father and uh, living in that that Welsh town. And it was, it, you know, being that type of persona in that era was uh, very, very kind of risky. Um, but he kind of grabbed it by the, the, the shirt collar and um, he made it his own, didn't he? I think he was very, very unique, very innovative with that gimmick. Um, and uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think he, he was ahead of his time, dare I say it. Absolutely. Like for that time period, yeah, he was well and truly well ahead of his time. Like he was actually the first guy to really do a gimmick of that sort of like style. Mm. And because of that, so many wrestlers have like gone to be sort of like inspired by it and have like used like his style to like mold their own sort of like interpretation of that kind of gimmick. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, up until, um, say, the first few months of last year, you were really on the roll. And we're going to talk about how you got into the business very soon. But I'd say 2019 was an excellent year for you. That was kind of the year when you first started to make your mark, so to speak. 2020, yeah. I believe, was set to be your, your breakout year, to be honest with you. You had um, pretty much you, you had several bookings all planned out. You had uh, a busy January, February, March, and then the rug was kind of pulled from underneath you. Um, and I suppose like every talent in the UK wrestling business, they, they felt kind of cheated at the, you know, that rug being pulled out from under them, not having the opportunity to go out there and do what they want to do. But you so early in your career, like say having one full year under your belt, going into what would have been your breakout year, you must have felt kind of gutted and, and cheated and quite... Uh, maybe upset at the situation. I mean, yeah, I was indeed gutted with everything that basically happened with like the COVID pandemic and everything, which is really like put a halt on like a lot of bookings. And yeah, there was a lot of bookings I had planned yeah. in 2020 before the pandemic was even a thing. So yeah, I was pretty gutted that I wasn't going to be able to, well, those shows wouldn't be able to go ahead because of the whole pandemic. And yeah, yeah it was quite guttering and sad. But the way I looked at it is like, it at least gives me you know a little time to have a, a small break but then also to really help get stronger and you know get a lot smarter and you know just to help improve myself that much more so then when everything's all back open i'm ready to just kick the door down and just do what i do best and that is to perform for each of my lovelies 
Yeah. And and when you do return to action later on this month and into August through the summer months, are we, I mean, obviously this layoff of 15 or 16 months has obviously given you time to um, reflect on your wrestling career so far and maybe look at kind of elements of the sassy bear you want to tweak or improve or add into. Are we likely to see a, a slightly different sassy bear Clarence when you do return later on this month? Well, what I will say is this, John. Without is, giving too much away. <laughs> yeah. What I, what I will say this is I'm still going to be sassy. I'm still going to be a bear. But believe me, when the stick is poked to the bear too much, you're going to see the beast unleashed. That is all I will say from that point on. Very well said. And uh, I'm even more intrigued now for sure. But uh, I, I just want to flip the conversation back to DOA for a second. Yeah, uh, because you made your DOA debut, if I'm not mistaken, September 2019 against uh, Rocco Casanova, wasn't it? Now, that was a really fun match. That's available yes. to view on YouTube, on DOA's uh, channel, YouTube channel. So go and check that out if you haven't already. Um, you, you took a lot of punishment in that match. Uh, like yes. any strong baby face, you made your return. You made a fantastic comeback. You hit the sassy splash. You won the match. That was a really, really good debut for you in front of a new audience, a new crowd, a new promotion, uh, like a really fun match between you and Rocco tell us about your your debut because that was once again another promotion that was prepared to not necessarily take a risk on you but give you an opportunity and uh, another promotion that's kind of taken you under their wing and really supported you ever since absolutely like it was really just one of those things where you know upon like like the debut of itself like it was really just like the sort of like really sort of invigorating feeling of like you know a different crowd to really see you know how they would sort of like take to Saturday Clarence and like most crowds I performed in they love the gimmick that much and Rocker Casanova has been one of those opponents where I have to give credit where credit's due he's big he's tough and he can be quick and nimble if he really wants to and yeah he gave me such a thrashing in that match and I'll always remember that but the way I look at it is the Sassy Bear pulled one out and he had a second plan which was to take a page out of his book go to the top rope and finish him off with the Sasquatch is that what you call it? Ah, oh, the sass. Uh, the sasquash, yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. I called it the sassy splash, but uh, either one works, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, um, go on, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but it was really one of those things where, you know, I didn't know, like, how the enemy was going to go. But then as I was just literally on the top rope, I could literally just hear, like, some of the crowd go, like, do it, do it. And I just was like, I've got no choice. The lovelies want to see it. So got to give it to them. And yeah. That's just kind of how that came about. And it was just really just one of those matches where I just kind of just got lost in there and really just gave it my all. And I felt like I really did do that in that match. Yeah, absolutely. And I think by the end of it, the crowd certainly knew uh, a lot more about Sassy Bear Clarence and uh, were, were pretty much hooked. And uh, I mean, you, you've made other appearances for DOA since then, uh, mostly in tag matches and, and, and uh, rather surprisingly, uh, tagging with uh, Rocco Casanova. So so how did you yeah. come to a reconciliation? And uh, you eventually form, formed a tag team with Rocco. So I suppose um, your, your gimmicks are kind of, I think as the commenter described it, um, a, a two sides a two, a two sides of the same coin, but uh, you eventually got together and you performed some tag matches with Rocco as well, didn't you? Yeah, it was actually um, a DOA management that basically put us together sort of thing. It was really sort of like DOA management, you know, told me that they saw like big potential in the both of us and wanted to put us in the tag team, which at the time I thought quite amusing how we just literally just beat each other up in a singles match and DOA, and, uh, DOA management wanted to put us in the tag team. 
Uh, but they were sort of like saying to Rocker, you know, you have to be in the tag team, otherwise you ain't going to be in DOA anymore. And I was optimistic to make this work because I could see the potential in this. I think the problem was Rocco had this sort of very sort of like big Italian temper to him, which I've discovered is very hard to control. <laughs> That's as, right. <laughs> as shown in those tag matches I've been in. Yeah, but uh, they were fun tag matches. I think you even fought uh, The Rebellion as well, which is a uh, good friends of the yeah. show. We've had The Rebellion on the Wrestling Jonas podcast also. Uh, but although most of this interview is going to be focusing on your singles career, um, we, we've spoken a bit about your, your uh, tag team with Rocco there. Um, but it's an, another tag team that you formed recently, uh, if I'm not mistaken, with, uh, with the Rainbow Killer, Riley Andrews, um, SAS Central. So, so tell us about that because there's clips on your social pages of you two uh, training together, rehearsing moves together. How did you two get together? Um, very interesting story, actually. Um, so I've known uh, Riley before we even like tagged, and we basically both been in talks with Pride Pro Wrestling, who were planning at the time to do their show in 2020, and they were saying they were very low on tag teams. And so me and Riley just kind of looked at each other, for this is our big chance, really, to just make this tag team sort of like work and everything. And even though they've had to postpone the show for obvious reasons because of the pandemic, um, we're still looking at it as time to just get get ourselves like ready as like a tag team for not just like Pride Pro Wrestling, but like any promotion that wants this crazy dynamic of like a tag team where you have like needs, the strength and the power and a riding it with the quickness and the speed. So we've basically been like training like quite a lot and we feel like the training has been paying off for us as a tag team. So we're just waiting for the moment that we get the chance to be in like a tag team and really show them what SAS Central is all about. Yeah, you're chomping at the bit. And everything that I've seen so far, the, the clips are available on uh, your Twitter page and uh, Instagram page shows that you two have chemistry. So uh, when you do finally get out there as a tag team, I'm sure it's going to be great fun. Uh, but take us all the way back to when you were a, a young sassy bear then. Uh, when did you first become, become become a fan of pro wrestling? And do you remember as a fan from those um, early days, what was going on at the time? What kind of hooked you in? Um, I'd say I was been a fan of wrestling since i was like a little kid uh first match i ever got to watch was thankfully for my dad like recording it on a vhs which yeah that they were a thing at the time to like the newer generation now but anyway uh the match he recorded was uh british ball of david boy smith and bret hart from SummerSlam 1992 and that was a big deal at the time because it was like one of the big four pay-per-views that was happening in england instead of yeah. like america so it was really just one of those things of like well, this happened and it really just sort of like grabbed me because I was just like, yeah, the Breton Bulldog match, you know, still a great match and even more impressive to discover that, well, Davey wasn't exactly all there and it was no. actually Brett carrying him to a really good match. But it just if you goes, read you know, Bret Hart's book, he really does uh, kind of open yeah. up on that for sure. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. And from what I gathered, Nightheart before his passing had mentioned that, yeah, David was very high on some form of substance dependent on stuff just to get him through the day i think yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> but, um from there um i think i didn't get back into it until like sort of like the beginning of like the attitude era so this would have been like 97 so that's kind of when i started getting like really like religiously into wrestling and i was just like impressed like seeing the rise of like steve austin and the rock coming in and just everything about wrestling at that time was just so it was probably the biggest it's ever been and yeah. has been since like it was the most public eyes on the company at the time and from that i just got so hooked in wrestling 
and by about 2004 curious teenager i was curious to see if there was any way i'd be able to get into like training for wrestling but the thing with wrestling back then is it was a different beast than it is like now whereas 2004 social media wasn't a thing you didn't have twitter you didn't have facebook you didn't have instagram you didn't even have youtube then i think the best you had was literally just like searching just like google ask jeeves and yahoo and stuff like that yeah but to my surprise i came across this promotion at the time called revolution british wrestling and they were doing uh training sessions in like three different locations at the time uh there was one in enfield in london uh one in exeter and devon down south and then one up north in manchester and the only realistic one i could get to was enfield obviously i was 14 at the time wasn't legally able to drive but my uncle was able to drop me there then my dad was able to drop me at the place they then moved to which is in plasto no offense to anyone that lives in plasto not one of my favorite places to ever visit in london but honestly if i had not been there for the training i wouldn't have had any reason to go there anyway and then from there it just it was there from like 2004 to 2011 that training went on for and that was mostly done by well first trainer i actually had was funny enough sunset skip but this was back when he was rich and famous so he was actually my first ever trainer uh for this first sh- uh week in um well first day in sunday at enfield and then after that it was mostly sammy ray that was taking up most of the training and there was so much i've learned from sammy ray over the years it's just crazy to think that had it not been for like his knowledge i don't think i would be where i am like today and then by yeah. t- 2012 there was like a brief hiatus i took from wrestling for personal reasons but by july 2018 i noticed an advert from hugo bloom about uh ubw training so and i noticed it was very close to where i was living at the time well i say at the time i'm still living there now <laughs> but it's like around the corner from where i lived and i thought this can't be real and i'm like no it is real so i went down there did the training and that was then when i was introduced to paul ash who runs ultimate british wrestling and learned so much from the dude and by pretty much early 2019 i was just getting booked for like shows quite regularly from like uh ubw uh doa uh there's even been promotions like uh trying to think now at the time british empire wrestling yeah um kapow wrestling was another one i'm literally just trying to remember off the top of my head uh falling star wrestling was another one as well and yeah it was just really just all these different promotions in like different areas just to get my name out there and then 2020 uh, that well before the pandemic that doubled to like places like apex pro wrestling and even sacrifice pro wrestling so it was really just getting up and up before well the pandemic hit and yeah that was basically how i kind of like got into wrestling really yeah so so you you mentioned kind of starting your training as a teenager uh, and, and having a little bit of a hiatus in between, coming back about 2018. Am I right in thinking that when you returned in 2018, you weren't Sassy Bear Clarence straight away? Was you a, a, a different persona, a different gimmick when you first returned? Uh, yes. So Tell us about that. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely tell you about that. So at the time, so it first came about as this gimmick called, well, it ended up being Sledgehammer Bets, but how that came about was we were doing promo practice in training one day, and that was when Paul Ash at time christened me as Aaron the Sledgehammer Betts. But then we later agreed that it's too long, we have to shorten it, and then we both agreed on Sledgehammer Betts. And it was it's such a complete different character entirely from Sassy Ray Clarence, because it was basically just this 
angry nutcase that just carried a sledgehammer around. <laughs> Could be any did. different to your current personality. I, I know, it's, exactly. <laughs> it's just crazy to think. Yeah, it was basically just that. And while I did add a few fun matches as sledgehammer bets, I think in the end, by the time I debuted uh, Sassy Bay Clarence by, uh, this would have been about mid-2019, um, the writing was just kind of on the wall for sledgehammer bets, really, so... Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And how how have you seen the kind of evolution of the sassy bear character? Um, obviously, it's, it started as one thing, and it's kind of here today in its current form. But how how has it evolved in your mind? Do you see the character kind of going even 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 further um, with certain aspects of the the persona? Um, yeah, I could definitely see like um, with sassy, or like the evolution is just. Like, looking back at it now, it's just kind of crazy to think how we go from one bit to the other. But then I kind of like liked it because it was like, you know, it's something like different in wrestling. And sometimes seeing the same old stuff can get very boring. So if you can come up with like a gimmick in the character that helps you like stand out like a sore thumb, then more power to you. But I feel there's like many different ways, you, many different things you could do with Sasha Clarence that you just couldn't do with Sledgehammer Bets. Like with Clarence, you know, he could be a good guy. And if you, if you wanted to book him as a bad guy, then that was possible as well. Um, he could do singles. He could do tags. He could be a bit more bare or a bit more sassy. It really just depends on what people want from Sassy Bear Clarence at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. And like you say, it is that larger-than-life character that does catch people's uh, attention and imagination. And you've got so many wrestlers out there that, that want to be... Uh, their, their gimmick is as a serious wrestler. But you've kind of gone back to the, the golden age of when you had these big larger-than-life uh, gimmicks um, and you're really capitalising on that. And it, it's, it's very popular with the fans, clearly. Um, and it's getting you noticed by promoters, by podcasters as well, dare I say it. Uh, but it certainly is a, a unique um, and, and, like I say, very larger-than-life, uh, colourful character that people remember as soon as they see it. But... Uh, um, you started in 2018 with uh, U, uh, UBW, that's right, isn't it? They kind of gave you your first break. Um, yeah. So tell us about that company, because we've mentioned a lot about DOA already, but UBW has, has done a lot for your, your journey as a pro wrestler as well, haven't Absolutely, they? yeah. So UBW, Ultimate British Wrestling, in case people were wondering what that stood for, uh, basically run by Paul Ash, who, in case people didn't know, he wrestled as Ash in FWA as part of like, a tag team called the New Breed with Curve. Uh, he'd also wrestled from, like, ipw back in like the very early days as well right but he has been this incredible man to just help create this promotion ultimate british wrestling and it's just been such an honor to just have the opportunity to get from where i am today in more most parts thanks to ubw they helped me you know learn so much about being who i am like today being able to like know how to work the crowd how to like you know work work matches and stuff like that and yeah, there was a lot I learned from UBW, and UBW will always be like my first home. And hopefully, um, whenever it's all lifted and everything, hopefully you should see me more on with UBW, if lucky, later this year, or who knows? It depends yeah. really on what goes on really with everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Because with UBW, I mean, it's, it's a promotion that I wasn't too familiar with and, and doing research and watching your matches uh, in preparation for this interview. I learned a lot more about them and they, they really are a promotion that have 
hosted an array of fantastic talent that I haven't seen in too many other promotions. Um, so uh, I'm definitely keen to watch more of those and see, hopefully, when they come back, more of them in the future. Um, but uh, let's, let's turn the, the question in a little bit to your, your moveset and your kind of style in the ring then, because one thing, you, you would class yourself as a, as a, as a bigger man. Uh, I think you've even said that on this podcast. But some of your moves are quite dynamic for a man of your size. Likely explained what you beat uh, Rocco Casanova with, the the, the, the Sasquatch, was it? Uh, I think that's uh, how you described it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so many other moves, like the, the running hip attack, the, the, the unique lip lock as well, which is probably your deadliest of moves. Uh, the pretzel, the, the sassy go-round, which, of course, is influenced by Dr. Death. We spoke to, spoke about him earlier on. But just watching some of your video clips on your, uh, on your social media, for example, see so you practicing in the ring some very, very unique moves. I think there was a, a springboard sunset flip I saw you do with your training partner. So you, as a big man, you're not afraid to kind of try new things and experiment and go out of your comfort zone. And that kind of you know resonates with me. Um, some wrestlers are, are very apprehensive, very nervous about trying new things. You're clearly not. I'd say um, in regards to like my moveset, it's like, it goes back to what I said, you know, being able to like, you know, stand out from like everyone else. Cause at the end of the day, there's going to be a lot of like big men, in wrestling and they're all gonna be like sort of like big and uh, and all that kind of thing and it's just yeah really trying to find ways. <laughs> yeah, it's like just trying to find ways to just make me stick out like a sore from compared to like everyone else of them like i'm still a big strong dude with a lot of power moves but i mix it up with like a little things as more of sort of a element of surprise so to speak like 100%. a lot of the times like and there's a lot of other big men that i see that have done that before me, people like Bam Bam Bigelow, the guy could cartwheel and moonsault for crying out loud, and he's yeah. like twice my size even. Uh, Vader, another big dude, he could do fantastic moonsault. God bless him. And yeah, honestly, it's really just like taking like sort of inspiration from those kind of guys because like you can be big, but you can also pull out these sort of like little agile moves. And the more I've been training, the more I've just kind of gotten really comfortable to it because. Not gonna lie, when I first did training, I was not comfortable on the top rope. Whereas now, I just scaled them like a cat with like no second thought whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of my moveset is like sure. There's like the the sassy stampede, which is inspired by the Oklahoma Stampede, as made famous by Doctor Steve Williams. The sassy go around, which is like a cartwheel Death Valley driver. Uh, the the sasquash from like top rope, sort of like a big rotating splash. And then there's even like other moves like when they go for like the sleep and the cartwheel over them, that's always been like a bit of a, a different thing to notice, but then it's also like a different way to just see in wrestling. Yeah. And yeah, the lip lock, the hip attack <laughs> and the springboard back elbow, even like they're all just the different like types of moves just to really like help me stand out from literally just any other wrestler on the cards, if anything. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another thing that really kind of drew me towards you was, first of all, I was struck by your personality and, and your, you know, your fantastic entrance, your larger than life uh, persona. And then the wrestling kind of really pulled me in somewhat surprisingly, especially with some of the moves that you've explained there. Um, and like you say, just to occasionally um, execute one of their moves to surprise your opponent or to surprise the fans certainly, certainly work in my book. But uh, I want to talk to you a bit about intergender wrestling because I understand that uh, you've had one or maybe a couple of intergender matches, but your first one, I understand, uh, you kind of fell into um, as a last-minute replacement. Tell me about that. Right, so this would have been uh, British Empire Wrestling. So story with this was... It was meant to be a triple threat women's match between Shauna Reed, who some of you may have seen on AEW Dark, yeah. uh, Kat Von Cage, who's been wrestling like all over, 
the UK scene, particularly for like comedy pro wrestling and like some promotions in Wales. And there was uh, Rose Wild was meant to be in that match, but Cat Von Cage couldn't make it, and Rose Wild wasn't mentally cleared, so that kind of left Shauna Reed on her own. And it was then when the promoter basically asked me, how do you feel about doing an intergender match? And I personally had no problem with that because I've been training with like men and women um, as it is. So it's like, it doesn't make a difference to me because the way I see it at the end of the day is a wrestler's a wrestler. doesn't matter if they're one gender or the other. And so that's just kind of how this match came about between me and Shauna Reed. And till this day, it's been one of those really interesting matches because I think back then... I would say even a Sassy Big Clarence, I was sort of like fairly new with the gimmick and Shauna Reed was a lot different back then than she is now. And so I was recently watching like a match of hers against Thunder Rosa at AEW Dark and I couldn't have been any more proud of Shauna just because from how we like first met in the Intergender match and to see how far she's come since then has been like a real proud moment. And it really ended up being like a really fun intergender experience with Shauna. So Shauna, if you're watching this, thanks very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a hell of a match as well. And I think that the two of you kind of gelled really well in the ring as well and uh, had a really, really great match. But one of my favourite matches of yours uh, was against uh, Hustle Malone, Tim Lee and Adam Ralph. Uh, you had a, nice. a UBW Infin Infinity Championship match. That was a lot of fun. The fans were really into it. You even pulled off a four-man four submission hold. I'm not even sure how you did it, but that was uh, very, very <laughs> unique, highly entertaining um, oh. and uh, a lot of fun. Um, tell us about that match because I think you'd probably agree that that was probably one of your favourite matches as well and I think certainly my favourite match of yours since I've kind of started doing my research into you. Oh nice uh, it's a match till this day I'm still very proud of and I probably had like a lot of fun with the match particularly uh, Tim Lee, um, God bless that man, he's, he's a legend <laughs> he is such a legend like, he was so fun to work with, Hustle Malone you know, great to work with and Adam Ralph wasn't the first time I've worked with him, but it was still always a pleasure regardless. So a lot of it, we just kind of like did like a lot of like sort of like sort of like big spots to really like stand out with the match compared to like the other matches. Cause like, you know, it's a fatal four way. You've got all these different characters and I do mean different characters, each one after the other. And so a lot of us would just like come up with these like these sort of big spots just to like get our gimmicks over and to give like the crowd something to like remember in the match. And I mean, it was like a, for the Infinity title, nevertheless. So it was quite sort of like a big deal. But at the same time, it was just a lot of fun doing that. And at the end of the day, I still rate up there as like one of my favourite matches. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I absolutely loved that when I saw that back. But to, to tell us about some of your other um, highlights in the wrestling business. Like I say, you've been training for a long time, but really only been taking this kind of seriously for the last two or three years. You must have some really, really proud moments or other highlights you want to talk about today. Yeah, uh, funny you should ask, actually. Yeah, there is quite a few that I do recall. So this would have been, like, very sort of, like... I think there was a couple of them. It's just sort of, like, the evolution of just how I come across with, like, making the moveset that I did. So I think very few, uh, very newly on, um, there was, like, half moves I weren't doing then, and then I would end up doing them later. But that just came with, like, sort of learning. I think one person I definitely learned... A good bit from in terms of like getting out of my comfort zone is wonder kid johnny storm so there was a lot of times i did like a lot of training with him and he just had this ability to just help me get out of my comfort zone and one occasion uh there was like a seminar he was doing in swanton morley 
down with uh, Falling Star Wrestling. And I think it was me and C.W. Davis were in the ring, like working together. And one moment, I went to like the um, middle rope and did like a springboard back elbow. And that was when Johnny Storm was like, you got some really good hang time for it for a man of your size. You should definitely keep that. And I was just like, yeah, I'd I'd happily keep that. I mean, it's one way to keep me different from everyone else. And how many times are you going to see a man of my size through a springboard back elbow anyway? So, you know, a lot of it was just like learning from that. And I think even like a lot of like amusing little moments. Like I remember the first show I debuted the Clarence gimmick for, funny enough, didn't happen until like December 2018. Right. But that was sort of like experimenting for like an adult crowd. And I remember just like finding it so amusing just how Paul wanted to like book it. Because early in the night, I was Sledgehammer like, Betts, but I was like a, a manager for like a, a heel tag team. And basically, the way he planned it was like basically, you cost them the match. And then in retaliation, they beat you up so badly, you become this different person later in the show. And so, because I got beaten up so badly, it's like I've just become Sassy Bear Clarence by the end of the night. And that ended up being like a, a great way to end the show there. And I think from that moment, it was just like, yeah, I kind of see the wheels falling off of Sledgehammer Betts at this point. <laughs> and then from that point, it was just further development for Sassy Beer Clarence as he is like now and talking with you. So yeah, it was like a lot of highlights there and just a lot of like journeys that I've just like gone through with like various different people to various shows and all that. That's all been like, fun particularly um smashing mike was another one i always like travel a lot with particularly for like falling star wrestling and he's a man i've faced before in falling star wrestling as well tough talent hell of uh, the athleticism on the guy is incredible i will credit him that like he's so athletically gifted like i could definitely see he could be one to definitely look out for in wrestling and as mentioned before, there's quite a few talents in UBW that I can see definitely going a long way to making it something of themselves in like uh, future promotions. Like uh, Tommy Kyle and, well, Truman Roswell, two people that I think of immediately. Uh, there was also Mr. Charles Crowley, but then again, he's been like everywhere. Like it's just insane. And there's been like very other, like even like uh, women wrestlers that I've met in the years Evie Rose, uh, Eden Von England. Who's like one half of the Von Englands with uh, Sydney Von England? They're doing fantastic in the States. And Evie Rose, um, considering uh, at first she was like out of action due to like an elbow dislocation, it's just amazing and just how much she's like bounced back from quite a crazy injury like that. So, my full credit to Evie Rose for that. And like I said, Tim Lee was pretty much the inspiration for like the Twitch streams as it was during like 2020. Because, as you know, like everyone else, we very down very depressed and we just didn't know what to do and thanks to tim lee himself on twitch it kind of just gave me this sort of like new happiness to like you know pretty much have until whenever everything's back to normal so to speak so full thanks to tim lee for that as well and it's just been a hell of a like a journey like there's been like there's ups there's downs but at the end of the day wrestling makes me happy and i enjoy it and yeah (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Just going back to your Sassy Bear Clarence persona uh, one last time, 
do you think it will kind of translate with audiences in different countries? I mean, you, you'll probably in the future get opportunities to wrestle maybe across Europe or, you know, maybe even across uh, the ponds uh, with, with our friends over in America or possibly Canada. Do you think the Sassy Bear Clarence will kind of uh, translate to different nationality in different countries? I mean, I, I can't see why not. I mean, the way I look at it is, particularly like the States, there's like a big sort of like... Uh, selection of like wrestlers from the lgbt community as well that have that sort of big flamboyance like gimmick so i can't see why that couldn't work for the states particularly yeah. and i'm sure there's probably like a ton of countries that would i'd be more than happy to particularly in europe that i'd have more than happily uh, wrestle for and i know my biggest goal has been to like wrestle in japan so hopefully that could be like one to be ticking off in the bucket list further down the line that would be amazing. That would be amazing. I, for one, can't wait to see uh, your journey in, in the coming years, certainly as, as we progress beyond this pandemic, to see you kind of travel not just across uh, across the globe, but across the UK as well. I'm sure there's many more promotions in the UK that would love to see you wrestling that you'd love to uh, perform for. But uh, before we let you go, Sassy Bear Clarence, uh, I know that you've got a huge fan base out there growing every single day, and hopefully people that haven't come across Sassy Bear Clarence and might be watching or listening to this podcast will then become... Uh, fans of yours through this but uh, is there a, a message that you'd like to send to your fans or to anybody watching um a, a little bit of a message of what we could expect for the future from sassy bear clarence um uh, yeah I, I could definitely give like a good little message to all my fans out there and that is uh, simply this never let anyone judge you for the way you act the way you express yourself never let that get you down because at the end of the day you can go up and beyond and prove them wrong exactly how i have done so never let anyone get you down ignore the haters just be free and that's really the best advice i can really give and that's just for anyone and i think one little last thing i will say before i end that statement is going back to like the august 7th event to people that are wondering oh uh, it's too far away i can't get a ticket what can i do fear not because DOA is actually part of fight.tv. Yes, so good point. If you can't make it to the show in person, not to worry. You can go on fight.tv, you can get like a subscription or anything, and you can watch the event from there. So don't fret, lovelies. Fantastic, fantastic. And uh, I can't wait to see more of Sassy Bear Clarence. But before we let you go, uh, as I promised at the top of the podcast, an opportunity for you to throw out your socials where can we find out more about Sassy Bear Clarence? Say hi, get in touch, ask you any questions uh, on Facebook, Twitch, uh, YouTube, if you have a YouTube page, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Uh, the floor is yours, my friend. Absolutely right. So, to everyone that wants to get in touch with my socials, simply this for Facebook. Uh, at Sassy Bear Clarence, Instagram at Clarence Sassy, Twitter at Clarence Sassy, and for Twitch, as previously mentioned, at Sassy, well, Sassy Bear Clarence, type that in, you'll find me there. I don't have a YouTube, but I'll throw a little spanner in the works. I do, in fact, have a TikTok, which is ah. at Sassy Bear Clarence. So if you ever on the TikTok and want to see what Sassy Bear Clarence has been up to on that, then go right ahead. It's type in Sassy Bear Clarence, you'll find me there, no problem. That's absolutely awesome. Uh, but I uh, can't wait to kind of search for you on all of those uh, social platforms. But uh, Sassy Bear Clarence, it's been amazing speaking to you over the last 45 minutes or so. Uh, thank you very much for coming on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast. Uh, the pleasure is all yours, John. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.